0: Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. It's usually fairly quiet here at Desert Oracle by choice. Not a lot going on. We drive down to the post office every couple of weeks and gather up the mail from the P.O. box. And otherwise, the breaking news is rare. But now and then, everybody's texting and direct messaging and tagging you, and when you finally sit down with a cup of coffee and go through it all, you realize it's all about the same thing. One of those rare times every year or two when a desert story makes headlines around the world. We were speaking with Mr. C. Del Desierto, wildlife biologist in the Southwest, just a couple of weeks ago about his various adventures tracking and counting eagles and other such flying dinosaurs and one thing he mentioned is how in his profession they use helicopters to get up in the real rough country to see the eagle nest on the canyon walls and so forth and I was thinking how that's got to be the most disturbing thing to the animals to have this enormous, hellishly loud, whirly birds circling around so that the bird counters can get a number and see the eggs or the chicks or whatever. But of course, it's better than building a road into the roadless area. And the helicopter is gone after a few minutes, unlikely to be seen again for another season or another year. Now, if you've ever been to Boulder City, maybe you know about the wonderful little city park at the edge of town. Just a normal American park with green grass and picnic tables. But if you happen to be there at sunrise, and you happen to be alone and very quiet, and maybe sitting at a picnic table with your coffee and your camera you might just see a bunch of desert bighorn sheep appear from the dry red hills and gullies. Like those they are. I've hiked all over looking for bighorn, and every now and then I'm treated to the sight of a couple in the distance or sprinting up the steep rocky canyon walls because they saw me long before I saw them. But here in this little park, with my vehicle a few yards away in the asphalt parking lot next to the comfort station and the coke machine, bighorn sheep were everywhere. Huge rams with big cracked horns from fighting, dainty little babies with fresh green grass hanging out of their mouths. A whole herd of bighorn. They are understandably jumpy creatures, managing their annual migrations from high-elevation meadows to the wildflower lowlands in the springtime, despite the threats of big rigs and rental RVs and everyday distracted drivers, not to mention the equally camouflaged mountain lions that follow the herds looking for stragglers. The first time I witnessed this strange sight of all these desert bighorn in a green lawn community park surrounded by tract homes and bordered by a fairly busy highway, I slowly raised the camera to my eye and the click of the shutter was enough to scatter a dozen of them. Another group parted and vanished into the dim light, and then I could make out a distant morning jogger headed our way. They weren't always so skittish. Sometimes the herd would wander right down to U.S. 93 and block traffic, which is certainly their right. It is their land. These grass-fed desert bighorn were fruitful, and they multiplied, and they were starting to become pests to the humans, the real pest. It got to the point where Nevada's Department of Wildlife decided to remove half of this huge herd and transfer them by helicopter to Lincoln County, home of the Perenigate Valley, immense desert wilderness. It's not that far, maybe an hour-long flight, but it doesn't sound like a lot of fun being dangled from a helicopter and taken someplace new and strange to you. What I mean is helicopters, as annoying as they are, do serve a purpose in the protection of wildlife. For now, anyway, until the silent solar robotic pterodactyls are put into service next spring... One of those enormous things flaps overhead and you're going to feel like a hobbit hiding in the bushes, you know? So it was on November 18th that Desert Bighorn conservationists were aboard a Utah State helicopter flying low over what looks like maybe a bit south or east of Canyonlands National Park. Our friend Barney was just out there in the Utah wilderness for his annual month-long trip roaming around slot canyons and trying to avoid cell service and Wi-Fi. And he thought the area might be Wayne County from the looks of it, but it was hard to tell just from the pictures. And the Utah authorities deliberately withheld the location where they witnessed a strange metal monolith standing straight up from the red earth below. One of the bighorn spotters spotted this gleaming metal monolith instead and shouted for the pilot to take another pass. And there it was, standing all by its lonesome at the end of a small red rock canyon, the sides smoothly eroded as they sometimes are out there. There must have been a good flat, place to land nearby because the pilot set the chopper down close to the strange sight and a couple of people hopped out and made their way to the monolith. If you've seen the pictures, you know that the humans immediately began climbing all over the thing, touching it, gazing in surprise and wonder, just like those apes at the beginning of 2001, A Space Odyssey climbing over each other's head and shoulders to try to reach the top of the thing, which is about 12 feet tall. While noting in their media release that it's illegal to install public art or whatever on public lands without permission, which for good reason is rarely granted, the Utah state workers just could not help sharing the pictures and video with the world. And the world was anxious to hear about it. A lot of people who don't care about the desert one way or the other become very excited when anything seemingly out of place appears in the desert. A couple of years ago, this dingbat was trying to raise money from the Flat Earth crowd so he could launch his homemade rocket over Mojave Trails National Monument, and oh, how the press loved this story. There wasn't much to it, of course. And he did not have permission to crash his rocket into the desert wilderness but it just struck a nerve. And now the mysterious Utah monolith has been found. As it appears to be constructed of stainless steel or similar sheet metal with visible flat rivet marks we can probably rule out those ever elusive space aliens. The monolith, in fact, looks very much like the metal sculptures of New Mexico artist John McCracken, the sculptures he called planks. McCracken could not be reached for comment because he died about a decade ago, but maybe if this is his work. Its discovery in late 2020 is comment enough. Of course... People on the internet have already pinpointed the location and somebody even drove out there and posted a selfie. Nobody will leave a good mystery alone. This is Desert Oracle Radio, and I'm your host, Ken Lane. We've got Brendan Mays on the line. Brendan, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing very well, Ken. Thanks for asking. How's everything out in the valley
0: today? Uh, Everything's really pretty nice. You were out here at my place recently, and that was really the best of our fall weather that we'd had so far, and it's just like that today. It's clear and sunny and a little crisp. But it won't be too cold. I know you get real
1: cold up here. I do have a thin skin, it's been said.
0: Now, I wanted to ask you about something that was in my email inbox this week. It appears you've started a couple of email newsletters uh, on the, what is it called, Substack. The first one here is about real estate opportunities in the high desert. And I guess let's start with that one. What, what was your thinking in starting this new email newsletter?
1: Well, my uh, thinking is always, Ken, my thinking as always is I'm always looking To increase opportunity for the american entrepreneur in any way shape or form that i possibly can and hopefully by turning people on to opportunities and showing them ways so they can make a little bit of money on this government program or this tax break or this set aside that i can increase that general happiness of the investor class throughout the united states and so in essence what i'm trying to do is bring happiness through financial security and through, of course, great returns on investment for the subscribers to my newsletter.
0: And how many subscribers do you have since you
1: started? So, Ken, we're growing at an exponential rate, I'd like to say, or maybe I want to say logarithmic or logarithmic. or I'm not exactly sure what the uh, exact term is for this uh, explosion in interest. But we started out with maybe 30, and then the next week we went to 90. And the next week after that, we we're at 380 Gee, it's been four weeks now. I think we might actually uh, crack 1000 It looks like it's growing by uh, leaps and bounds. Very excited about it.
0: And this is a paid subscription service?
1: This is a paid subscription service. You subscribe to my service for $20 a month, and you get the newsletter. You can get, uh, well, of course, there are various levels you can sign up for. As you know, Ken, it's very important that people feel like they're spending just the right amount of money for just the right amount of product. And so what we've got is we've got a multiple tier class for people to buy in, depending on how much of the good stuff they want to get, how much of the personal handholding. We've got levels starting, of course, at the Bronze Club. We got $20 a month. You get the newsletter, you get any sort of promotional email, you might be sending out any sort of tips like that, easy stuff. And the next level you got a course, What's the next precious metal? It's silver. Now at the silver level, you'll be getting my, my Wednesday winners. When you get into the silver club, you get the Wednesday winners. The Wednesday winners are little insights that I have after speaking to various county supervisors and local tax franchise, board attorneys, and all the little insider tips that I get from just talking to people, you know? So the next level, of course, is the gold level. The gold level is not actually the gold standard because there's one past that, that's the platinum plan. Everybody knows platinum. That's the metal, you know, and the catalytic converters that they cut off your cars. It's worth a lot of money. So the platinum level is where all the real good stuff happens. But let's go back to the gold level. Yeah, let's let's
0: talk just for a moment about the listings that you're putting in here. Now, you're doing this through your brokerage, which is commercial only, if I'm correct.
1: Yes, that's right. Mojave Mirage Commercial Investment Realty Corporation.
0: Now, this first one, you say, is a perfect city plague escape. And this looks like uh, 1.74 acres. This is up on Yucca Mesa. And you say that it's rehab-ready, but it looks like it's just a a slab here. Is there any structure?
1: Well, Ken the structure is the infra-structure. It's all the stuff that's there that lets you build what any sort of improvements that you'd like to the property. So in terms of structure, well, I guess you'd have to say that that giant slab is is part of the structure, although I'd say it's infrastructure along with. Of course, it's got, we got water. We got the city uh, sewer hookup going to it. We got electricity running out there. All the utilities are in place. And yeah, there's a giant slab out there that's in very sound, solid condition that you could build whatever you want on top of it. You could build a go-kart track if you're into go-karts. You could build a skateboard ramp if you got kids who like skateboard, or you could build a giant palatial estate overlooking the entire valley. It's a really choice piece of property, Ken.
0: How many of these, uh, what you're calling plague refugees, are you seeing coming into the high desert?
1: A plague that has descended upon our major, I hate to say it, Democrat run cities. Uh, on the west coast all over the country has been horrible mismanagement lockdowns reaching into people's Thanksgiving turkey and ripping out the stuffing so they can just they can just feed on it and then they're grabbing they're taking your cranberry sauce they're telling you how much gravy you can put on your potatoes people are sick of it They're sick of this government overreach and intrusion. Intrusion and even into their turkey, it's pretty disgusting when you think about it, Ken. So we got a lot of people who are just basically fed up and frustrated with these elite bureaucrats who think they know better telling you how to live your life. So we're offering people the opportunity to live in a much more free environment. We're seeing thousands and thousands of people moving out of the cities. And coming out here to the valley to enjoy the fresh air, the friendly people, the relaxed atmosphere, I'm telling you, Ken, it's a giant winner.
0: You're inviting investors to also make their own homes here, and your pitch is that while there are still some COVID-related regulations out here in the rural desert, you say that there aren't enough people to enforce them.
1: Well, Kent, any time you get to the edge of the county, you run into a lot of strange things. Some people might think these strange things are bad. Lots of parolees trying to stay away from schools in places where they're banned. A lot of people trying to get away from the intrusion and overreach and uh, the long arm of the law, even. So, you know, of course, at the uh, edge of the counties, the wind kind of blows the chaff out and it stacks up against the fence to the far end of the counties. But Among all that detritus and riffraff, you also get a lot of freedom-loving folks who do not want to be chained up, don't want to be locked up, don't want to serve their terms, don't want to see their parole officer, don't want to have the law to have anything to do with their lives, basically. So if you crave that sort of freedom from authority or that freedom from authoritarianism is what I'm trying to say, well, then you can come out here and you can be as free as you basically want to be. And let's face it. San Bernardino County is not the richest county. They're going to be concentrating most of their efforts in the cities, in San Bernardino City, and the other places where they're going to have to, where there's more concentration of population. You get more bang for your police bang stick buck. You know what I'm saying? So when you come out here to the edge of the county, they don't have the resources. They don't have the officers. They don't have the building and safety inspectors. They don't have the fire department inspectors checking up to see how your fire suppression system is, or even if you have one, you can get away with a lot of stuff out here. And that's part of the beauty, part of the charm, part of the draw. And that's what we're trying to sell here, Ken. Freedom.
0: Now, you yourself are uh, not in the area for the Thanksgiving holidays, but I see here on the newsletter that you are hosting, or I guess your company is hosting, a uh, socially distanced uh, Thanksgiving all-night party on Friday night. Is that correct?
1: That that Kim, That is a private party. If it were to happen, I mean, I'm not even saying we're going to have a, a Thanksgiving machine digger. I'm just saying that's, a, that's a, a, a private event. This is not a public thing. How did is, you find
0: out about this? It's at the bottom of the email. It says if you'd like an invite to our Friday real estate community cocktail party and Thanksgiving blowout, and there's
1: RSVP link. She wasn't supposed to put that. A lady in charge of our marketing, she's a sweet girl, real smart. She's finishing up her last year of high school. She's really a great gal. She's going to be going to Cuesta. Now, that was supposed to be something just between us and the platinum level investors. This is, which is a select group, a small group of people. This is not like some giant shindig, Ken. This is, are, these are pre selected people who uh, I'm sure uh, are taking all the necessary precautions to uh, be as safe as possible. Everybody will wearing masks and all that stuff. We'll be not sitting on top of each other like the governor did. We're not going to be going to some expensive Spanish laundry or something. We're not going to be doing anything like that. It's going to be a small affair with friends, Ken. So platinum it, level friend.
0: It says here that uh, attendance is limited to the first 100 respondents. So,
1: well, Ken, Ken, there's a, a, like I said, like I said, Crystal. She's young. She's 17. She's finishing up her final year of a high school. Uh, uh, she's a she's a daughter of a friend, uh, one of my early investors, one of my angels, as you could say, and um, you know she got she got something wrong, she got it backward, and you know it's all her fault. But that's okay because she's young, and she's not here right now. Let me take a look at this. Hold on for a second. Let me it,
0: look it's the, the one with the, it's the one with the subject line that says irresistible opportunity for
1: plague refugees. Oh God, that doesn't help at all. I got fifty like that. Um, well, let's that's, let's plague, move on. That's a little... plague. Okay, I got a lot of plague finger. I didn't realize that. Yes, Ken.
0: Let's talk about this other interesting property. Now, this looks like it was a former.
1: Ken, are you an, are you interested yourself in investing? It sounds like uh, I'm like all I'm uh...
0: always interested in what's going on in the high desert. And as you know, you get out here and you talk to somebody at the gas station to say hello, and they want to talk real estate. It's a a hot market.
1: Well, that sounds like all of Southern California, doesn't it? Geez, for the last 40 years, that's all anybody wants to talk about. And you know what? I want to talk about it, too. Well, this property... So go ahead and ask me some questions. I'm sorry, I'm running on of mouth, Ken.
0: No, 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 no. It's it's always good to have you on the program. Uh, This property is described as a... 18-bed senior care facility, former, and apparently they lost their license, and so you're marketing this as a ready-to-go young professional compound.
1: We're not exactly sure how this one's going to pan out. As you know, Ken, for the former uh, assisted care living facility known as uh, Adobe Falls, the retirement community up there on the hill out there, as you know, there's been a uh, surprisingly large amount of vacancies opening up in nursing homes around the country. And due to the unfortunate circumstances that we've just gone through, but it's uh, with all of these um, unexpected vacancies popping up. Uh, well, a lot of them are not getting the government support that they had before to keep these places open because you can't be receiving your benefits. I mean, unless you live in Pennsylvania or something, Philadelphia, you're not going to be getting benefits for being dead. Adobe Falls is out of business. And we saw a wonderful opportunity here. We know a lot of people are having trouble coming up with the capital just to come down with 20% on a $700,000 home somewhere. It's kind of tough to make that. But if you go tenancy in common, and you get a bunch of young people together who can pool their money and pool their resources, they can get together and buy into a place like this. You know, they can all move in and they can share a cable bill and they can share everything and they can it can be just like living like they did in college before. Except now, of course, there's this legal document that ties them all together and if they end up hating each other, well, let's not talk about that because that's five to seven years down the road. But right now, is a tremendous opportunity for these people to buy in to a real estate market that shows no signs of slowing down ever. It just keeps getting hotter and hotter.
0: And one of the strange things about it is you say that it has a on site crematorium.
1: So we were thinking With the on site uh, crematorium because we were thinking maybe we could repurpose it because you know a lot of people are interested in the handcraft arts and there's a big arts and crafts movement coming back. You know, a lot of the people that are into that movement who are living in the metro areas are forced out by rising costs. Why? Well, they're moving out here. This place is filled with artists, filled with creative people and sculptors. So we were thinking that perhaps we could repurpose this crematorium uh, as more like uh, something to fire pottery in, so instead of you know reducing human bodies to piles of charred and broken bone, we'd be taking broken and charred pieces of clay and turning them into beautiful uh, works of art. It's kind of a wonderful you know a uh, flip on the idea of a crematorium to, to turn it into a giant maybe a pottery factory. That's one of the ideas that we're exploring. Ken, maybe have some sort of uh, a, a pottery uh, community.
0: Here at the Desert Oracle Institute, research is our passion, as we like to say. And I was doing some research the other night about the mass extinction event of 66 million years ago, and there was something that just sort of filled me with a kind of comic joy. So I want to tell you about this in case you don't already know. And you might already know, especially if you're a biologist. And I guess, especially if you're a bird biologist. Just picture this. Picture this scene in your mind. This scientific fact. Prior to the mass extinction, 66 million years ago, Ducks and chickens coexisted with their famous dinosaur cousins. Just imagine that any dinosaur scene you can conjure up in your mind some kind of brontosaurus grazing in Utah, maybe the Tyrannosaurus Rex charging in and biting off the herbivore's head, drinking the blood right out of the neck, and down below the ducks are waddling around, quacking while the chickens peck around in the dirt. Oh, it's just a delightful thing to imagine. Maybe they all fluttered away in a great nervous hurry the way our gambles quail do when the coyotes come by, the way the chickens all hide when the desert fox comes a-creeping. But unless the big dinosaurs routinely ate the very little ones, the chickens and such... The turkeys, these poultry dinosaurs would have no reason to fear them. Like regular birds hanging around elephants or whatever, the concern is to avoid getting underfoot. Maybe the ducks would be honking and doing their antics while the fearsome Utah raptors ran around. The Utah raptors were faster and smarter than the tyrant king, T Rex. It would really change the mood in almost any dinosaur movie to have chickens and ducks and turkeys all running around nervously or obliviously. This has been Desert Oracle Radio. I'm your host, Ken Lane. Soundscapes on the program by Red, Blue, Black, Silver. Thanks for listening and enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday. And good night from the voice
1: of the desert.